just seeing all these things flying through the air and stuff outside. You got planes and like birds and and all that sort of stuff. And I just like I wish I was flying right now. I don't know. <laughs> Are the birds still talking to you, dude? Yes. You've ruined Bird for me. You know I'm that, right? I'm glad I did. I was hoping I would ruin Birds for someone. I'm sitting there like, <laughs> I'm sitting there making this shit. And it's not, it, that wasn't a lie. That like, it's not a lie. You've heard that call. I put it in that episode and that yeah. bird call. Like, it's a real bird call. It it actually exists. Yeah. Um, I'm talking about Tall Talk for any listeners who are like, what? I, I make this dumb fake <laughs> podcast that's only a minute long. Uh, in the latest episode, I was freaking out about these bird sounds that I kept hearing. And I still hear them. I heard them earlier today. I just never have, like, my recorder waiting to, like, record them. But it happens all the time. And it always sounds like, Simpsons did it. Simpsons did it. Simpsons did it. It's a did blue tit. to remind you. <laughs> yeah. It's a blue tit. I looked it up. Blue tit loved the Simpsons. Yeah, I learned a lot about birds um, when I was doing that. So it was kind of cool. Yeah. I learned what Just I, about blue tit or other tit, too? Uh, <laughs> I learned about what magpie sounds like and oh. yeah. It's just the beginning of like you know what you would consider a new hobby and I would consider a midlife crisis Yeah, you maybe like a bird watcher. Yeah. I've worried about that myself as well, you know, like I just like birds, man. <laughs> I like birds a lot. It's, it's okay as long as I don't as long as I don't become a, a train spotter, I think that's like a that's a step too far in midlife crises. Yeah, something sad about a train spotter, but bird watchers. I don't know. Bird watchers are kind of creepy as well, though, because a lot of bird watchers are pretty lame. Man. Are a bit strange. So, but I, I kind of am like wanting to like focus on crows. So I kind of like crows. Crows are kind of cool. Crows are cool. Yeah, like crows. They're kind of cool. Yeah. What are we talking about birds for? Welcome to the Bachelor Cinecast! Presented by the Prince Charles Cinema. This. Oh, Phil. The dynamic duo are back. We're back, baby. I'm your host, the man, Jonathan Foster, and holy rusted metal Batman. I reused that line. It's the boy, Wonder <laughs> Phil! What's up, Phil? How's it's it not going? Very, uh, not, it's not very PC. Couldn't it be? The person wonder, the man wonder, <laughs> dude. 1997. That, Jumping that, that that joke hit really hard in '97. Pretty, it's pretty. Yeah, when surprising. that came on, I was like, I was like, that's a joke you'd make now. <laughs> and both times it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh shit. Uh, Phil. It's Yo. the two-year anniversary this week. I know. I forgot. Holy I almost cow. forgot that's what, that's what we're celebrating. Yeah. We're two years away. We're almost at episode 100. Mm-hmm. It's the return of a favorite. Yeah. I think people really liked the last, last Batnip movie yeah. we did. The last Batnip someone did well. So it's it's only fitting that yeah. we should return. It's a celebration. But before we, we get to the celebration... Uh, let's just do a little bit of update from the Prince Charles Cinema. We're around two and a half weeks away from the Prince Charles Cinema's big re-re-re-opening. I didn't uh, skip that. <laughs> like, that wasn't uh, an effect. Um, we've had no, to that's close, right. like, three times. That's like a dick scratch. <laughs> that's happening on the 17th that of May. There's lots of great... Th- 
new films coming to the program with Oscar nominees Minari, Nomadland, Sound of Metal, and Judas and the Black Messiah, along with classics like Akira, 2001 A Space Odyssey, Pulp Fiction, Shaun of the Dead, Clerks, a whole James Bond season, Clueless, But I'm a Cheerleader, and tons of other great teen films. We got Alien and Aliens, A Streetcar Named Desire, True Romance, and so much more. So if you head over to PrinceCharlesCinema.com, you can see the full slate of films coming up. There's a ton of stuff coming. 17th of May, we're reopening, finally going to be back. Uh, Every day on our mailing list, we seem to add more and more and more films. Uh, So yeah, join the mailing list. You can see what's going on. You can see the product of my labor every day um, because I have to make those emails. (laughs) And uh, yeah, you can see what's new in the program. And remember, PCC members, they get a 48-hour priority booking window now. So that's on all new films that are added to the program. So if you don't have membership, pick up a membership because, hey, you want to get your tickets earlier than anyone else because seats are going faster due to social distancing and reduced capacities. So hey... You may as well get your membership. And all this can be found at PrinceCharlesCinema.com. Look at that. Ooh, that was a mouthful. Mouthful. He didn't stutter or nothing. Spit it all out. Yeah. I didn't even read that. <laughs> Don't just off the dome. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, uh, when you said uh, alien, an alien, you should have been like, and uh, a streetcar named Denier. And the streetcar named Denier. <laughs> <laughs> i just done that with every movie <laughs> well phil let's get back to the celebration we're here two years two year anniversary two years two years We've had a lot of fun in the last two years yeah sometimes it's been, <laughs> it's been it's been a really silly time and we thought we'd celebrate our two-year anniversary. You know, we, we reflect a lot. We've done that quite a bit. We don't need to do that this time. We thought we'd just treat ourselves this time instead of, like, um, treating ourselves to an easy episode where I can go and cut a lot of, you know, fun memories from previous episodes. We've done that before. Um, but, hey, mm-hmm. uh, that's actually not as easy anyway because you have to go and cut all that shit out, and it's kind of hard. So yeah, Not a club show. Why don't we uh, – it's episode 97 – two-year anniversary we're very close to episode 100 and why don't we talk about a really silly movie from 1997 we felt like we owed it to ourselves to have a lot of fun with an extremely goofy movie but not that but not that extremely goofy. yeah not that yeah not yet not yet franchise uh (laughs) (laughs) should have been a franchise we're talking about a film today that currently holds a 12 percent on rotten tomatoes I'm already mad. Like, this was genuinely a treat for us. We were looking forward to this. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people would agree. But Mm. they're missing out. Missing out. They're missing out. Phil. It's your turn. Yay. Oh, I get the line back. You get get the line back this week. (laughs) What film are we talking about on the podcast today? Batman and Robin, obviously. Batman and Robin. Na 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 Batman and Robin. My name is Freeze. Learn it well. For it's the chilling sound of your doom. This is the way the world could end. Please show some mercy. With ice. 
with a kiss. Mm. With venom. I probably should have mentioned this. I'm poison. Poison Ivy. And the only man who can stop them. Hi, Freeze. I'm Batman. Can't do it alone. Batman will watch his beloved Gotham perish. Bundle up, boys. There's a storm coming. Kill the heroes! It's a hockey team from hell! Cool party! Arnold Schwarzenegger. All right, everyone, chill! George Clooney. I'm not the marrying kind. I know you've had your wild nights. Good night. Wild doesn't doesn't quite cover it. Chris O'Donnell. Come join me. My garden needs tending. She loves me and not you, and it's driving you crazy. This is why Superman works alone. Uma Thurman. So many people to kill. So little time. Alicia Silverstone. And you are? Batgirl. That's not awfully PC. What about that person? Found the Batcave. She knows who we are. I guess we just have to kill her. In a Joel Schumacher film. Strength and courage. Partners. Honor. Partners. And loyalty. Freedom and justice. Partners. It all comes together. We're going to need a bigger cave. Batman and Robin. Batman, George Clooney this time. Wow. Along with his rookie crime-fighting partner, Robin. Chris O'Donnell again. Cool. Battles the dual threat of frosty genius Mr. Freeze. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jamie, <laughs> who plans to freeze Gotham City one frozen pun at a time, and homicidal horticulturist Poison Ivy, played by Uma Thurman, who tries to drive a wedge between the dynamic duo. Meanwhile, Alfred's niece, Barbara, <laughs> what? Alicia <laughs> Silverstone, right. <laughs> arrives to check in on her ailing uncle. And snoops around the Batcave. Will Batman and Robin be able to thaw their own going tensions to work with the new recruit? Batgirl? In time to save Gotham <gasps> from an ice age? Holy Batnips again, Batman. It's Joel Schumacher's 1997 superhero film based on the DC comic strips. Again, duh. It's, it's Batman. The follow-up <laughs> the follow to Schumacher's 1995 <laughs> yeah, no film. Batnips Forever and the fourth and final installment in the 1990s Batman film series. Um, <sighs> Hot takes out the gate, Phil. Okay. Batman and Robin. Hot take. Cold take, bro. Cold take. Cold take. Ice cold take. Chill. Ice cold takes. Before, yeah, before we start, I want everybody to just chill. Chill. <laughs> chill out. <laughs> chill. Uh, allow me to break the ice. <laughs> We're going to put this podcast uh, on ice. On ice. That bad. So now I had to cold take. This is, this is a weird one. Yeah. I feel like I've gone around in a circle with this movie. Mm-hmm. And hopefully a lot of people have completed that journey. Because, you know, you watch it as a kid and it's amazing. It's yeah. made for a kid. It's made it's for big you. Big and bright and loud. 
Yeah. And then you grow up and people are like, this is the worst thing ever. It's the worst (laughs) Batman movie ever. Or the reviews are awful. They killed the franchise. It's wrong. You look down on it. You're like, oh, Batman and Robin. Disgusting. And then I don't know what happens. You hit a certain age and you learn to not take yourself so seriously. (laughs) This movie is not seriously. And you let go and it just gets really good again. This is such Mm. a fun movie and it gets so much shit. And I think unfairly, I understand if this is not the version you want of Batman, but clearly intentionally so a love letter to like the campy Batman era, the 60s Adam West show. And it's like, it's a comedy. Yeah. It's funny. It's trying to, it's made to be funny. It's hilarious. And it's so over the top and ridiculous. But in that way, it's such a pure comic book movie. It gets so much shit. I think I had such a good time with this movie, more so than the last one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, and I think people, I think that one had fared better with, audience although that one soundtracked a little bit better no steel here yeah, but yeah. no batman and robin i think in an underrated neon nightmare classic of a comic book movie that will never get again definitely that's my cold take yeah what do you your think? cold take what did um, you think would you go that far <laughs> i was i was messaging you when i was watching it and i was just like dude this film is completely bonkers it is yeah but it's so much more fun than Batman Forever. Like, so much more fun. Easily. Because it took out the whole, like, serious subplot. Yeah. Trying to be having the darker element of Batman. Yeah. Like, it's not that. But they still do a decent story in its own right, but without having, like, a really boring, like, subplot that, like, completely dragged the movie down. <laughs> yeah. That was the thing. It's like, I felt like Tim Burton did the dark side to Batman, but did it so well. Like, that it mm. remained interesting. But when Joel Schumacher tried to pick it up and he added that whole like subplot of Batman and the psych- psychosis of Batman and being afraid of bats and the whole like Nicole Kidman yeah. character. Guilty stuff, over the just, murder. Yeah, yeah. And it was, it was just like, Oh my God, this is boring. In the meanwhile, that you have <laughs> all this wacky shit going on around it. That's just so desperately trying to get attention. And it's just like, yeah. you just need to like take that away and uh, put that in this movie, and then it was just crazy. Could you imagine how much more crazy this film could have been? All right, so like, there's that. There's a weird period where you feel like everything could have been resolved, like in in Batman and Robin, um, because the pacing did finally catch up with itself. I, I think I told you that the pacing was really fucking great in the film. Like, where it's never boring. It's stupid, but it's never, never boring. boring. It's uh, yeah, no, really no. funny. You turn around, there's f- an action thing because it's a bike chase or yeah. like a fight or even if it's not the same fight over and over again. Yeah, well, that's the problem. That's what I was Love about to say. There's buying like, the hockey team. Like you get that three-fourths of the way through the film and it just starts, there is a moment where it starts to drag and it's just like you feel like you're seeing the mm-hmm. same fights over and over and it's just like, yeah, you could have called, you could have done that last act or whatever like, in place of that, and this film could have been a little bit shorter. Yeah, introduce. Yeah, yeah, introduce Batgirl a little bit earlier. Yeah. Have a more of a part because she's kind of there and then yeah. she disappeared, and then she's back, and then she's back. <laughs> yeah. So it's just sort of like, all right, get to the point already. Yeah, this film did desperately need Kiss from a Rose because we got we'll get to, <laughs> we'll get to it. The whole one villain is literally 
killing people with kittens. Jesus yeah. Christ. It yeah. was made for this movie. <laughs> yeah. Just one earlier. It was ahead of its time. Yeah. I did the same thing, though, where I was just like trying to remember what the song was. And it happened in the same spot. Because I think in the Batman Forever episode, I was like trying to remember. I was just like, holy shit, the end of the film. Oh, no. And I was just waiting for it. And I was just like, it drops in the credits. And I was just like, oh, it's all the way at the credits. Um, But same thing happened in this film. Got to the credits and a song awaited and I was just like what there's a song there is a song I remember there's a song and then there it hit and I was just like yeah. oh no. <laughs> no no we'll get to the soundtrack later but yeah it was just like really funny yeah. man I was just like god damn uh, but fuck man this film's crazy I mean like Uma Thurman and Arnold Schwarzenegger are running around like little kids in this film like having the best <laughs> game of pretend they've ever had you know it's yeah. Fucking bonkers, man. Like Uma Thurman is actually kind of good at it. Whereas Arnie. They're all great. Is Nobody's like, bad. What the hell's no, going Arnie on? Arnie is great. <laughs> What's going Arnie, on? Arnie, they're both. They're He's both so committed. So good. I, uh, they're, exactly. They're both so good. I think they could, both of them, if you did like a dramatic version of those characters, they could still play those. Especially Arnie. Arnie does the backstory stuff for Mr. Freed, which I can't believe they even bothered with, but I'm glad they did. Yeah, in this movie, he does it really well, and I mean, Uma Thurman has the annoying job of like doing that stupid from ugly to beautiful arc that I yeah. was so angry about in Batman Forever with Jim Carrey. Yeah, and it's a trope still in superhero movie. They did it in every um, Batman she, film. She, <laughs> oh yeah, Michelle <laughs> Pfeiffer. I don't, Michelle Pfeiffer did the exact same thing. I don't know if. Yeah, they but didn't do it. Slightly, in, I feel slightly different there. Yeah, well, they didn't do it in it, the first the Batman, but definitely Michelle Pfeiffer started off as like this nerdy sort of like yeah, fair enough, nerdy sort of assistant woman. It doesn't you know. bother me there. Okay, I should be mad. At, I should be mad at Batman Return. <laughs> for I should be angry at Tim Burton for starting this. Did we have the same conversation and? In the last episode, though, but with regards to Jim Carrey's character. Yeah, yeah. I was squarely <laughs> blaming Jim Carrey. But now you've enlightened me and said the same. Yeah. I never considered Jim, Michelle Pfeiffer part of that canon, but. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, Uma Thurman's still great. She's having such a great time. And it's yeah. weird that it's like off the back of like Pulp Fiction. Yeah. It's so strange Fucking to strange. Me. And she just, they're just having a great time and they're playing hyped up comic book villain yeah but that work and they i feel like they're better villains in this movie than the last one i feel like jim carrey was great at the riddler but fucking two-faced is so nothing in that movie <laughs> beyond yeah. the look he's there to just cackle yeah. and tommy lee jones is there for some reason but this they have their own identity and they come together mm. in an interesting way the only one who gets a short uh the short end of the stick and fucking Bane. Yeah. He literally just yeah. talks and monothrobic grunt. <laughs> and it's like, Ridiculous. this dude, it's like, he's not like a lackey and they put him and dude, dude, return of the trench coat, this guy. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yes. I wrote that Why? down. He was driving the car. <laughs> I wrote that down as a note. He there was a the, the photo. There's a photo that they show of her and Bane escaping that fucking... Yeah, it's like a show from Casablanca. It's a so bad. Oh, man. But yeah. So funny. 
it's so funny in those sort of respects because there's like things I never really noticed before until I watched it this time around. But then there's the things that you always notice that are just like you've been hammered over the head with them, but they're still kind of funny. Like all the puns, the fucking yeah. ice puns. I never got tired of the ice puns. What's your favorite one? What killed the dinosaur? <laughs> the ice age. The ice age. Uh, it, uh, I think just chill. Just Could that chill. one feel the most for it? <laughs> yeah. Everybody, chill. chill. I love when he's conducting the orchestra, though. That might be my favorite bit. Oh, God. Come on, sing. Sing. It. Yeah, they're like, Come I'm on. Mr. Sickle. I'm Mr. Snow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I love it. Honestly, I love it. What's your favorite? Let's kick some ice. <laughs> yeah. Allow me to break the ice. I love it, man. That mad wrestling uh, reference in this movie. We'll yeah, get, I is. assume we'll get to it like yeah. cost by cost. Mm-hmm. And that's partly because of Arnie. Yeah. I mean, the back card always makes me laugh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, never leave home without it. <laughs> yeah. um, I love the, like, the Batman first line. Because I'm like, at the time, it was the closest we ever got to like a crossover, which was, I want a car. Chick dig the car, right? <laughs> yeah. And Batman's yeah. like, this is, this is why Superman worked alone. And it's, <laughs> You it never been done to yeah, that yeah. point, and it's just like, oh my god! Imagine I still I want to live in a world where yeah. Tim, yeah, where Tim Burton got to. I know it's because this movie kind of bombed, but I wish I lived in a world where at least one movie where Tim Burton got to make a Nick Cage Superman movie. Yeah, which again gets a bad rap. I thought it like if you read into it, it sounded really interesting. Crossing over with George Clooney Batman. Oh my God, just heaven on earth right there. And <laughs> yeah. then doing like a late night Justice yeah. League movie, but it's essentially like Batman and Robin, which is just an unashamedly, it's unashamedly just a toy commercial. Yeah. yeah which yeah. is what these movies yeah. are at the end yeah. of the day. And I don't mind having this version, like it played for some reason, it played. I loved it as a kid and I love it now at this just stupid, insane, very funny. Batman movie because it's all one thing I know Batman doesn't have to be one thing I'm going to get like philosophical with it throughout the episode but like Batman has changed so much yeah. era to era and I don't like when people like it's this you know it's the hardcore origin the dark version or like the playboy detective or like the thick deep campy colorful you know adventures in space version there's so many different versions but it's just only a a handful of writers have been like brave enough to just be like, they're all one thing. This is all one guy. And Batman and Robin is, is like that. It's nice to just have that. Yeah. Like nobody referenced it anymore. People pay homage to Tim Burton all the fucking time. But I feel like Joel Schumacher and even Joel Schumacher, he felt like he had to apologize for it. And I wish he hadn't because it's like, you know, disappointed fans or whatever, but it's different. I think he made a very, very cool version of Batman. Nips and all. Yeah, I mean, he doubled down on the nips. Yeah, it's it's a weird one, like, because, like, a lot of people do find this one to be, like, so trash, but, like, I feel like, you know, people's perceptions, like you said, of Batman are just, like, always all, all over the place and always just kind of wrong, it seems, because it, there is mm. many versions, and, like, the whole, the darker versions of Batman's really, like, you know, kind of came in the eighties anyway. And of course they're really cool. And I can exactly. see why people really like Knight. them, but you know, mm. it's like the dark versions of Batman weren't the original 
Batman and there was many versions of Batman before and it can be different. And I feel like if anything, like Nolan's Batman films, which are great, like possibly could have ruined people's perceptions of Batman, especially when it comes to cinema. Yeah. So that like now that the version. Yeah. And you can't have like a campier, more fun, you know, lighthearted Batman anymore, you know? And it's like, everything has to be super dark and, Oh, we need. I left it like Lego Batman. Batman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But even he is making fun of it, you know. Yeah. So that's why it's worth talking about. Yeah, definitely. We previously dipped our toes into Joel Schumacher's neon drenched Gotham all the way back in episode 68. What is it, Gotham? What is it? Make no sense. There's like statues coming out of buildings. <laughs> what is it, Gotham? It's yeah. like everything is elevated. I, I love it, but I'm yeah. like, I don't understand the architecture or geography of this yeah. city, or I would not want to live here. It has a Taco Bell, at least. So that's kind of cool. That's nice. It, like Gotham in, in uh, Joel Schumacher's like world is one street corner that's like a set from Seinfeld with the Taco Bell. <laughs> And it's just that like one street corner. And then the rest is just like CGI dildos, like just all over the place. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like the observatory. It's literally that. It's very phallic. It's a very phallic oh, experience. Man. Dude, movie. I forgot about this. I wrote this down. You, you you said the thing about like, I want the car chicks to the car. And then Robin's like fucking, mm. <laughs> his fucking crotch rocket just comes out from the ground. And it's like. <laughs> Oh it's in the shape of a butt plug and it opens to reveal his, his motorcycle. That, so literally it's just like a yeah, crotch yeah. rocket. Like that's what, what the fuck? The rocket that <laughs> shoots what off doing. in the air as well. That yeah. They get on with Mr. Freeze is shaped like a big dick as well. So <laughs> literally and they're desperately <laughs> trying to get into it. Yeah. So wild. that's the beginning of the movie. <laughs> they're on a rocket. Flying into out of space. Where was Amazing. he going? It just, it, all, all the cards on the table. Like, where was... <laughs> I imagine it's like Dr. Evil. He had like a lair in out of space. Yeah. Like oh, I'm he was just trying to... Trying to I was trying to remember. But he can survive. He was going to blow it up. I think he just... But like, and he... I guess he was going to jump I think he trying out, to get but, rid of them. Yeah. It was just... Yeah. In his <sighs> little... So bizarre. But how did he survive the full... Like, look, like... <laughs> I understand how they survive, <laughs> even if it doesn't make sense yeah. with the surfboard. But how did Mister Fr- Mister Freeze don't have like a parachute or anything? He just shoots ice at the at, in the chimney yeah. or in the pipe or whatever the tower, and then land. But he had crow wings, man. He did have he crow, did wings. Have those crow wings. Ice crow wings. Those ice crow. I wings. forgot about the crow wings. See? That felt like another toy. Yeah, crow man. It was crow man. Mister Crow. But why Batman? But why Batman? But why Batman? I'm glad the nipple survived. I could I couldn't remember if the nipple made it from forever to Robin to Batman and Robin. Yeah, I'm glad they did. They did, but Batman's nipples didn't last for the whole film because, like, oh, what do you mean when he changes? They get the new uniforms, which we I felt like we talked about this last time. They're fucking awesome. Those like silver, like I the weird, the weird love outfits with the outfits. silver sort of highlights and stuff. Oh, so cool at the end yeah, of the film. Yeah. But Batman's only at the bad end, shape is so big that you can't see his nipples anymore. Damn it. Robin the still has nipples. nipples pretty clear, right? And okay. it's it seemed Batgirl like Batgirl. Yeah, it looked like they were trying to give like an outline of she had a bra. Yeah, she definitely has this big breastplate, but it looked like they're trying to give the illusion of an outline of a nipple and stuff. <laughs> they were a little too afraid to go that far. <laughs> yeah. 
at least it feels fair in a Joel Schumacher movie. The movie starts with the fucking shot of like George Clooney's butt and crotch. And <laughs> yeah. And like, okay. Out the gate, man. Fair Hell game. yeah. Out the gate, bro. 12% on Rotten Tomorrow. <laughs> Fuck off. So all the way back on episode 68, we, we did talk about Batnips Forever. So if you remember from 1995's Batnips Forever, it was a big financial hit seeing Joel Schumacher shine neon lights on Gotham and bring the camp in to brighten up Tim Burton's dark, dark Batman and Batman Returns. So the critics, they didn't like that film, but, you know, after it made... I'm sure they'll like this one. $300 million, the studio was pleased and they immediately greenlit the sequel. So once again, Joel Schumacher and writer Akiva Goldsman were brought on to reprise their duties, and it was decided to be fast-tracked into production for a June 1997 release date. So why did they fast-track things? Well, according to Joel Schumacher, Warner Brothers wasn't interested in making a good Batman movie as it was as being toyetic. Mm. Warner Brothers worked with go. toy companies during the pre-production phase trying to ensure that there would be all kinds of cool playthings spun off from the film. They even had their say in what the Batmobile was going to look like. And that, in turn, meant that the movie would have to conform to the toy plans to a substantial degree. And... That sounds like a recipe for disaster, really. If you're letting toy companies make yeah. your movie, yeah. I mean, that worked in the 80s yeah. when they essentially made cartoons just so they could sell toys. Yeah. Sure, that's fine. But there's too much pressure. I don't even know what the word is on a property like Batman. <laughs> yeah. Can't get away with it. Yeah. So if you remember, though, the Batmobile was destroyed by the Riddler in the last film. So he got a it new was, Batmobile. Yeah. Do you like this new one? I actually kind of do. It's the first time the Batmobile has only been like one seat. Yeah, you're right. I might like it though also because... It's like a speed racer. Uh, I I used to have the toy. I did get the toy. <laughs> I did get this oh, toy. Nice. <laughs> so that's probably why I like it. I remember it fondly. I mean, the movie worked. It worked. I had tons of shit from At this the whole film. thing? I had the fucking like Wayne Manor with the fucking Batcave toy. It was sort of like a giant like... That's so uh, cool like a Mighty Max, like Polly Pockets sort of thing where it opened up and you had like mm-hmm. the Batcave inside. But yeah, it was yeah. big for big figures and the Batmobile and all sorts of shit. <laughs> so it definitely Dude, um, but, um, I watched it a few days ago and I'm like, I want the toy. Yeah. I'm like, I want this. I want like a Batcave and I want the Batmobile. So <laughs> it works. Makes you want Yeah. Well, for the story, Schumacher wanted to pay once again homage to the broad camp style of the 1960s television series and it seems like even more so than he did with Batman Forever. And also the work of mm. Dick Sprang, who was known for <laughs> Dick Sprang. <laughs> <laughs> That's a porn star name if I've ever heard one. He was known for his work on Batman during the Golden Age of Comics. Sprang's Batman also was notable for his barrel chest and his square chin and expressive face. So if you kind of have mm. seen any of those classic comics with Batman and Robin where they're really smiley and stuff. That's the look. It sprang from Dick. Oh, what happened to him? Oh, it Dick sprang. <laughs> <laughs> the story of Batman and Robin was conceived by Schumacher and Goldsman during pre-production on A Time to Kill, which is Schumacher's film. And portions mm-hmm. of Mr. Freeze's backstory were based on the Batman, the animated series episode, Heart of Ice, written by Paul Dini. Yeah, it's a classic episode, okay. uh, masterpiece actually of that series it's one of the best episodes they ever did definitely schumacher said that akiva was very leery about batman and robin and he had a couple of very serious discussions about it and you know he was right about it 
in the long run. <laughs> so <laughs> before they even made it, they were just sort of like, ooh, I don't know about this. Are we going too far? <laughs> <laughs> let's make let's go let's double down on everything people didn't like about the last movie. I'm sure yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be cool. Let's get into the cast. We have a new Batman, George yes. Clooney is Bruce Wayne, aka Batman. Clooney took over for Val Kilmer, who decided not to reprise his role from Batman Forever. And as we mentioned in that episode about Batman Forever, Kilmer and Schumacher famously clashed throughout the making of the film. Mm. So neither were eager to work with each other again. But <laughs> other factors were involved in the split because Kilmer had signed on to do this film called The Saint. And he also had an opportunity to co-star alongside the legendary Marlon Brando and the ill-fated Island of oh. Dr. Moreau. A chance that he told Schumacher he couldn't pass up. Yeah. Uh, all right. Good luck with that, dude. Yeah. Yeah, that's the worst choice. I'd rather be in Batman and Robin any day. Yeah. Everybody and survived this movie. This didn't kill any career, although it could have. Somehow. Surprisingly, no, it did. Somehow. Yeah. Everyone was unscathed. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I guess, well, eh. Yeah, I'll get I'll get to something. I mean, uh, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But uh, yeah, I mean, to be honest, like Chris O'Donnell was sort of on on the rise, and soon after this film, you didn't really see him in a lot of things. He was still in stuff, but he he wasn't in a lot of things. He's a big TV actor now. Yeah, he's done a lot of TV. Yeah. I felt like he he did have one film where he was. I can't remember. He was being chased by a bunch of women in the trailer. That's all I remember. And I felt like this was post-Batman and Robin. But uh, yeah, his career sort of fizzled out. I mean, you understand why when you see him in this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Val Kilmer didn't want to do it. And, you know, dude, Val Kilmer was in a really bad place in his life at that time. Because, I mean, he yeah. caused a lot of fucking problems on Batman forever. And then he went and did fucking Island of Dr. Moreau and him and Brando went to town causing a lot of fucking problems on that film as well. Yeah. So Jesus Christ. Just watching a man systematically destroy his own career. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so with the studio wanting to fast track the production, he simply wouldn't be available. And with that, Val Kilmer was out. Schumacher originally had a strong interest in casting William Baldwin in Kilmer's place. I felt like Baldwin kept coming up, maybe even in the last episode. Yeah. As well as considering David Duchovny? <laughs> wow. Really? Yeah. I guess he was pretty popular with type. X-Files at the time, but yeah. I guess, yeah, and then yeah. Twin Peaks and shit. But George Clooney was cast and said, and Schumacher claimed that he came up with the idea of Clooney for Batman after drawing a cowl over the actor's face on a still photo from the movie From Dust Till Dawn. Oh, yeah. Clooney also had help from the Warner Brothers chief executive, Bob Daly, who was eager to find a movie role for the star of the Warner Brothers produced ER. So Clooney was, he was doing ER. He was big on that. He was yeah. a big star of that. He was the breakout star. But he was also doing a lot of, uh, you know, independent films. So he did From Dust Till Dawn. So like, you know, he's got a name mm. for himself, but he needs his big movie star vehicle. And, yeah. That's how he got. And he jumped on. right to the top. <laughs> I I remember really thinking like I liked him as Batman. Like I thought he looked good, mm. but there is something about this film 
where he's not very good in it. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just <laughs> they don't give him anything to really do. Like he's he's yeah. he's just Batman. He has this relationship with like this woman, but they they like completely cut that out. They were just like, all right, she's just mm-hmm. there. She's like, oh, won't you marry me? Like, why don't we get serious? And it's just like it's been a year. Yeah, it's like <laughs> Jesus Christ. And I hardly know you. Yeah. <laughs> and back off. It's a really, really odd, like sort of relationship that they just don't really explore. And then there's the stuff with Robin, and they don't really go into the whole mm-hmm. thing of why he's so like against Robin. Uh in the comics and stuff, he's like Robin's his ro- his ward. Like he's ward. you know, they have a better relationship and it doesn't make sense, like <sighs> But then instead with this, you just get this teenager that he instantly just kind of hates and doesn't want to work with. So it's like, what's the problem? But I I, I hate him too. The (laughs) problem, my only real problem with these movies back to back is Robin. I think he just, he characterized such a little bratty teen, even though he's clearly being played by a 30 year old man. And it doesn't work. They have this like, we're brothers, we're partners thing and it needs, it kind of needs to be a father and son thing. Yeah. And yeah, they're, they're, that kind of arc, I get it. It's like, oh, they need to trust each other. But Batman in in the right most of the time, Robin, mm. the little shit who's just going to get himself killed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, I get it. And they, they explain it very well. It's very, you know, he, his whole life is an attempt to control the fate and he has to let go and trust the Bat family. I mm. agree with you on George Clooney there. I think he... I, I think he's a really good Batman. I think he deserved a better movie. I would love to see him play like an older version of the character in like yeah one of those movies where they just throw in or if they do like a multiverse type movie and they throw in a bunch of Batman. Be cool to see George Clooney in that role because I think he's very good. He had the look, he got the jaw. It's young Clooney, which you don't really see very often unless you're watching ER. I think he's good in general. I think... The whole cast has this sort of laid-back approach, I mm. would say, nicely to the movie, in that they're not really trying, they're not really delivering the like the line with much heft or emotion. But that actually makes it work better for yeah. me because a lot of the lines are pun or you know played for laughs, so they make it at least believable. And Clooney, at the very least, I think he's better than Kilmer for sure he gets a lot to play with Alfred, which is yeah. my favorite yeah, yeah. bit of the movie. Because yeah. it, because no joke, it actually worked for me. I think the subplot with Alfred dying and Bruce reminiscing on his time being raised by Alfred and trying to save him. I think it's really nice, actually. It's really sweet. It's actually really emotionally engaging. That the line... Clooney sent to him on a deathbed that always stuck with me where he's like, I love you, old man. Yeah. And I always thought that yeah, was yeah. really nice. And it, it's this really nice Batman moment that's hiding in Batman and Robin. And like Nolan rarely gets to a moment of with that much emotion behind it. And I feel like that Clooney, even with the little he gets, he can bring it up. He can turn it up and really deliver on it. Yeah. He, yeah, I think he's really good. He's a good actor. Yeah. Like, I'd love to see him back in the coal. Yeah, he just in the cow someday. He's a good like, actor. He just doesn't have a lot to do in this film, and yeah, and those scenes are great though. Could Batman sure. developed? Yeah, you know, you know uh, who played him as a little kid? 
in in this film. No, it was in the uh, flashback. No, Eric Lloyd, the kid who played the son in the Santa Claus. <laughs> no way. Yeah. That's really sweet. That makes me like this movie more. Yeah. Fucking Charlie. Yeah. That's cool. Clooney also complained about the uncomfortable bat suit. This will become a theme for this film. Um, of course. Jesus Christ. So there were several pieces to it, and all of which were more than a little restricting by necessity to get the right look on camera. Uh, because it was so complex, putting the suit on and taking it off was just really, uh, it was really time consuming. It <laughs> took a long time mm. and any time spent removing it slowed down filming. So George mm. Clooney wasn't particularly eager to go through the process of, you know, <laughs> slowing things down unnecessarily. So apparently in interviews over the years, he had claimed that he took to urinating inside of the bat suit to avoid having to go to the bathroom. I love that. Taking off all the stuff. I love, I love that story. I love the idea of George Clooney just quietly like <laughs> pissing himself in the bat suit. And That's everybody why else just sort of taking a few steps away. Yeah. You're too busy pissing. He's just pissing. That's me. funny. I could have, weirdly <laughs> enough, I would just, I was reading the other day about a Batman comic book. I think it's the Widening Gyre. It's one of the ones Kevin Smith wrote. He wrote a few Batman books. Yeah. And I was, I, was remember, I was looking up something about it, and I was like, oh, I remember why this book got so much shit. He had a scene, which I don't mind. I don't think it's bad at all, but essentially he retconned a bit of Batman's origin. Uh, where in a scene from a very famous Frank Miller story, Year mm. One, where Batman like lets off an explosion, um, and in the, and confronts like the crime family of Gotham. So in Kevin Smith's book, he's telling that story to another character, and essentially he's trying to comfort him, relate to him, and he says, "Oh, you know, it's one of my first times out, and I'm too close to the explosion, and I have what he calls a bladder spasm." which is essentially Batman pissed himself. <laughs> and I remember people, people fucking hated that book just because he made Batman piss himself once. <laughs> and it's like, but it's a real thing that happened. Like yeah. it's something firemen talk about, like they lose control when they're not near like danger. Um, but that's funny. That's all that I think of now. Yeah. So now it's canon that Batman he pissed continually himself. pissed himself yeah. in the suit. He needs to piss, man. What's he going to do? He's fighting Mr. Freeze. He has to get the gem. Robin being a little shit. He can't like take a break and go to the bathroom. <laughs> he's just got to let it go. I've been got filtration system in the utility belt. <laughs> Sorry, that was a roundabout no, tangent. <laughs> like really good logic, I think. Like um, We've solved the case of Kevin Smith's mm. Making Batman piss because it was it was real. <laughs> Came from this. It was real. When filming was over, George Clooney uh, quipped that uh, I think we just killed the series. <laughs> he particularly thought that he killed the series. He has called and the he film. He was right. <laughs> <laughs> he has called the film a waste of money, and in later interviews, he called it the biggest break I ever had since it got him into Hollywood, resulting in more yeah, successful man. roles years later. But he was also rumored to have refunded people 
who told him that they saw the movie. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you ever need five bucks, just go tell George Clooney you saw Batman and Robin. and uh, <laughs> In the theater. Yeah. Just He'll hook you up. you up. You know? Let's move on. We have Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. is top doctor. He gets Victor top billing. Freeze. Mr. Freeze. Yes. Top Mr. billing. Freeze himself. Before we uh, get into Arnold Schwarzenegger, I think, you know, Mr. Freeze. Hmm. Hmm. Snack time! Thought it was alright. You thought it was over. But now you're having snack time in lockdown. Three point. Snack time. All right, so Phil, I thought, you know, we're doing Mr. Freeze. What better way to celebrate the master of all things ice than just uh, have some ice. Have a have an ice cube uh, for snack time. Are you class. kidding? What? An ice cube, really? An ice cube? What the fuck are you going to do with an ice cube? Suck on it, I don't know. That's not a snack. And crunch it, eat it. But we could take a bite. Well, Phil. Yeah, well, how are you going to rate it? Yeah. It's water. Um, I don't know. I finally got the uh, the memo, you know, that uh was okay to, uh, you know, phone in snack time. So I figure, like, you know, it's all right to not take it very seriously. Have a all right, well, if you want to do that, that's fine, you know. Well, I, okay, I can make it a little bit better. All right, so I can, you know, put the ice in my mouth. And I got some some squirty cream, so I can make some ice cream. <laughs> this is ice, it's ice cream. <laughs> oh no! Oh, <laughs> See. See what happens when you play around with snack time? Dangerous. How are people go- how are people gonna do it at home? Because you just shove an ice cube in their mouth? No, you go to the store like we told them like last week or the week before. They have to go to the store, they have to go to the ice section. because uh, they always have bags of ice, just still a bag of ice, and then people are always taking squirty cream and inhaling it, um and using like the that sure. nitrous oxide inside of it to get high. So, I mean, you may as well just go ahead and actually use use it for what it's for, and you can make ice cream in your mouth. Ice cream? Yeah. All right, well. What'd you bring? Okay, well, that, well, that was a snack time, I guess. Mm-hmm. I got, <laughs> again, to <laughs> celebrate Mr. Free, Arnie, one of the greatest on-screen villains of all time. Mm-hmm. We're talking ice talking cold thing i have some iced coffee iced <laughs> it's iced coffee do you get it how many yeah i get it how many times are you gonna bring iced coffee to the to the table <laughs> i mean i guess one yeah, more probably, time at least i did something kind of new you know like you know it's different never been done I before ice, i have ice too 
Look, I have ice too. Look, I got ice and I got. You can hear it. Look, you can hear it. Yeah, yeah, and I got a coffee. You can hear that. What you got? What you got? Oh God! <laughs> All right. Oh God! All right. How many? Made um, through that one. How how many rubber lips? Do you <laughs> I was gonna say how many you like your ice cube. <laughs> I was gonna say how many um vials of cortisone cream <laughs> for your poison ivy rashes. Are you gonna give it? <laughs> rubber lips work. Um. How, how, or how many banes in the trunk, trench coat are you going to get? <laughs> uh, give ice. The ice gets a zero. Um, but cream, you know. Yeah, that's what you get. Cream's good. Cream's pretty good. Cream, cream took it over the edge, and it um, it's it's going to get at least two banes in a trench coat. Two. How about your ice coffee? Dropping two. Let's get the five. Let's get the five. five. I, I, you know, like I usually done. Did I Dusty make it coffee. for you again? Yeah, what's your point? I don't just say yeah. I mean, I I put the ice cube inside of my glass. Oh, you made oh um, you froze the ice yourself. You like poured the water into the tray and just waited. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's move on. Let's it's move fine. on. Everything's fine. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move oh, on. God. Next time, just always just be so contentious these days. I just think it brings out something in you, John, and I don't think it's very pretty. Well, let's talk about someone who is pretty. It's uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's Dr. Victor Freeze, Mr. Freeze. Basically, he's playing Dementor in Jingle All the Way this time. He, he <laughs> It's the role reversal. He's already yeah, played Turbo Man, so now it's time for him to play Dementor. Turbo Man. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised it didn't get Arnie to play Batman. Yeah, Jesus Christ! Wouldn't that Could have you been great? That? Could you? Um, apart from you'd have to explain away the accent. Yeah. Robin, no, Robin, stop! Get to the Batmobile. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. We have to melt the ice. <laughs> no, don't kiss Poison Ivy. Yeah. She's trying to drive a wedge <laughs> between us. <laughs> Why, Jamie? Jamie! <laughs> <laughs> They're like, what happened to your accent? I always talk like this. I'm Bruce Wayne. I'm Bruce Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the savior of Gotham. Jesus. Schumacher decided that Mr. Freeze must be big and strong. Like he was chiseled out of a glacier. So he enlisted in Arnold Schwarzenegger, who he was friends with and had often talked about doing something with. And Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. But they like found you said, the perfect vehicle. Yeah, good God. And like you said before we did snack time, he received top billing. Top billing. His name's first on the poster. His name's <laughs> Over first Batman. in the credits. Over the Batman. And very similar to... The first Batman movie where Jack Nicholson got first billing over Michael Keaton. But why not know, Batman? In tradition. Why not Batman? But why, why, Batman? why not Batman? Why not why, Batman? Why Batman? Mm. Uh, yeah, in Arnold Schwarzenegger, he, he took a hefty $25 million payday for this film. <laughs> oh, oh, that gave Suck me it, chill. Suck it, Jim Carrey. Suck it. <laughs> For what? 
what? One one million dollars per day he spent on set because he was, I think, only on set for about twenty five days. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I mean, it was it way in cold. It's all a short nigga, the national treasure. Ed Harris, Anthony Hopkins, and Patrick Stewart were all considered for the role. Before. None of them have the gravitas of an Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Schumacher has uh, disputed Patrick Stewart, but he's heavily like talked about around this film that it was originally supposed mm. to be Patrick Stewart. And apparently the script was rewritten to accommodate Arnold Schwarzenegger's casting because it was said that Mr. Freeze's dialogue was going to be a bit more Shakespearean-like, but... Yeah, yeah. It was Which is how he played in yeah. the comics and, and the, the cartoon. The, the it would series, be more yeah. like a Patrick Stewart. Yeah. And uh, that was all swapped out for the puns. <laughs> I love the puns. Oh, man, the puns. I'm, I have no problem with the puns. Schwarzenegger was also finding his suit to be difficult. I told you it's going to be a running theme of the this clunky, episode. The clunky fucking Really suit. bulky and heavy. Although he had a very nice rope. Yeah. It's like a little nice little like nighty yeah. that he hanged out in. I guess no, he doesn't have to be painted blue. Yeah. And you you just think like he's probably just asked to not be in the suit. <laughs> like, I don't want to put this yeah. thing on. Please. It takes too long. Please. So uncomfortable. Schumacher. Schumacher. Hey. I'm not even fighting Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Chris O'Donnell recalled that he never actually shot any scenes with Arnie. He said he hung out with him a lot on set and stuff. And he talked to him and he said he was really nice. He was asking him advice about his career and blah, blah, blah. But Arnie yeah. always had. They never have a fake to fit. Yeah, well, there are times where they're to, they're like in scenes fighting each other and stuff, or like you mm. know f- he's fighting his minions and blah blah blah. But all those yeah, scenes, Arnie actually has his body double or a stunt guy doing most of his scenes, and they basically yeah. only used him in the suit when his face needed to be shown. So, like he just That's didn't want to put the suit on. <laughs> Again, a hefty fucking suit. I yeah. wouldn't want to put it on either. And it had pecked. It had like ice pecked. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised it didn't have like have diamonds, like because he's always collecting diamonds, but like diamonds as his nipples. <laughs> I mean, you your nipples get hard when you're cold. It's like it writes itself. Yeah. Why does this suit run on diamonds? Why does like I don't get it. I don't know. I like I was. Thinking I don't understand about that. the connection. It's diamond laser technology, yeah. John. Pay attention. What? <laughs> <laughs> his suit runs he on has diamonds. To collect the precious gem so he can save his wife and free God. Suit runs on diamonds. The gun runs on diamonds. <laughs> the gun runs on diamonds. Inside of his arm, he has, the antidote. He, he has an antidote for McGregor's disease, but stage one only yeah. that he keeps only in his stage arm one. for some reason. Does that have anything yeah. to do with the suit? Safer. I don't know. It um, has to be kept cold, bro. Yeah, and he's always. It's cold. like you're not even paying attention. It's. Stupid. <laughs> I, <laughs> no, I love, remember when they're showing like footage, they have footage of like him and his wife, yeah. you know, being married. And then there's footage of him, his accident that turned him into Mr. Freeze. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like something explodes and he falls into like below zero water. Yeah. But it's the classic Arnie. <laughs> when he falls yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Jamie, Jamie. <laughs> I, wish, I wish his wife would call Jamie. Just tell yeah. me to say it again. It's like yeah. Nora or something. But oh my yeah. God, it makes me laugh. Uh. Mr. Freeze 
He had an entire 11 person unit dedicated just to help him prep for putting his suit on and doing the makeup and all that sort of stuff. It took four hours in the morning. And it that, looks amazing. <laughs> the long makeup time limited, limited the uh, amount of time the production could use Arnold Schwarzenegger for shooting because he had a strict 12 hour policy in his contract. So Basically, you spent four hours of that time just sitting in a chair. His makeup artist who uh, worked on him in, funny enough, Jingle All the Way, Jeff Dawn, like followed him over to this film and he tried to convince him to shave his head bald mm. to save time. I'm going to ask, is he actually bald in this? He's not. He's not. Uh, he was going to do it. Well, it looked pretty good. He almost did it. I'll do it. I'll do it for the movie. <laughs> I'll do it for the movie, I'll Schumacher. I'll for the movie, Schumacher. I'll shave my head. If the freak is bald, then Arnie will be bald. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be bald. <laughs> oh, I'll be bald. <laughs> I'll be bald. <laughs> come, with, come with me if you want to shave. <laughs> <laughs> he almost did it, but he backed out like on the day that Jeff Don was about to shave his head. And he was like, I'll just go with oh, the man. bald cap. <laughs> <laughs> I like my hair. I want to stroke my hair. I like to call me in the morning. I don't <laughs> want to shave it. I'm running for governor of California. I cannot be. No one would vote for a bald man. I have a housekeeper <laughs> at home I'm trying to hook up with, and I need her to see my luscious locks. I can't have bald head. She might think I'm bald man. <laughs> I got to hook up with my it's housekeeper Jamie. behind my wife's back. Uh, yeah, because that was all going on during this time as well. It was pretty, Do not tell Maria. Pretty uh, turbulent time for Arnold Schwarzenegger during this time of production because he had his infamous affair with the housekeeper that resulted in the birth of his son, Joseph Baena. Baena. And uh, it was also around the time that he was about to go to have surgery to repair a faulty valve in his heart. And he was keeping Fuck, this all man. a secret from his wife, Maria Shriver. And only filled her in about the surgery at the last minute. Uh, and of course, famously, it came out about the son years and years later, which resulted in their divorce. Yeah. So, what this role, a state credit well. Yeah. Bad guy <laughs> Arnie out here terminating his family's trust. It's good time. Good time. But he's so damn funny. But it's okay, though, because, you know, the final touch to the Mr. Freeze like outfit was like this blue LED light that they put in Mr. Freeze's mouth for close-ups. So his teeth are all mm. like blue and shit. And look great. It made his lines like really hard to deliver, obviously, because he's got a fucking light in his mouth. But it was also pretty dangerous because <laughs> like Brando, it was battery powered. And as soon as it was in oh. Arnie's mouth, the saliva in his mouth would cause the batteries to start disintegrating. And then like Shut he starts back. spewing battery acid. <laughs> Do I look cool? He wasn't very happy. He just starts shouting. Ah, it tastes like shit. What's in my mouth? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Jamie. <laughs> Jamie, get over here. My name is Jeff. Jamie, I don't can't get this shit out of my mouth. What is this? My name's Jeff. Arnie, I worked with Joe you. Schumacher. Jamie. <laughs> Jamie, get over here. <laughs> 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 oh god uh chris o'donnell <laughs> reprised his role as dick grayson aka robin the boy wonder still don't like robin did you know the original title for this film was gonna be batman triumphant <laughs> but 
it was changed. I did, yeah, due yeah. To the fact that Chris O'Donnell was actually pretty popular as Robin in the in the previous film. So, suck it, Phil. It's about but he's actually he's <laughs> way worse than this film, to be honest. I I liked him well enough. I think his his backstory is kind of cool, but in this film, he's he it's is great. Really, it's great, and it's a great annoying. character. But fucking hell, he's unbearable in this movie. Yeah, he's and it, he it, does it's not. It's not. It's not improved. I'm still waiting. Still waiting for a good Robin. He, I think he annoyed me less than this one because I'm used yeah. to him, and I was rolling with it, be like, "Oh, Robin, he's doing that again, classic Robin," and Batman has to save him again. Yeah. There's something about Chris O'Donnell I kind of like. Like, I think he has a cool look, and I don't think he's necessarily like a bad actor. I think he's just like, again, he has no, shit no. to work with. Like, it is dumb. Yeah, yeah, shit. he's not a bad actor. Like the, I think he just—it's weird. Yeah, it's a weird version. Yeah, they get confused. Yeah. I think he'd write for it. It's weird. It's like for he some reason they 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 just try to shoehorn this whole, you know, this whole argument between these two characters that are supposed to like each other, and like they just shoehorn this whole. It's weird how like you know I get it. They need an arc. Yeah, but it feels very forced. It's, yeah, it's weird how they try to force like you know like writers will like conflict. You know, c- creators will try to force conflict into stories. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. You know, and you always wonder if it's yeah. going to pay off. Well, hopefully, actually. yeah, hopefully it builds to something. Yeah, you just hope that it builds to something. A re- maybe a re- yeah, a re- if not, like, they'll just reboot it. Yeah, they'll just reboot it. Yeah, yeah. When comparing uh, work on Batman Forever, Chris O'Donnell explained it just felt like everything got a little soft. You know, the second time, and on Batman Forever, I felt like I was making a movie. The second time, I felt like I was making a kid's toy commercial. Yeah. He also complained that the Robin's costume, also very uncomfortable, ill-fitting, just like Batman's. Um, but oh, it was it even worse <laughs> than the one that he wore in Batman Forever. And he had a glued-on mask that was causing like sweat to pull up on his face and stuff. So, uh. Oh, man. I, like the, I, I still like the Robin costume. Yeah. I think it's actually really cool. Like modern take on it, yeah. With the big, the big Robin, Robin across sort of, the chest. Yeah. Although the eye, I always thought the, it was cool. Yeah, with the eye mask and stuff. Mm. Um, and like they live, give give him a little motorcycle. Yeah. Oh man, um, I know we haven't we Robin. haven't gotten to her yet. <laughs> like we haven't gotten to Batgirl, and I think we should talk about her costume a little bit. But like, I do want to say while it's on the brain, I thought it was very funny mm. when she first appears as Batgirl, and Batman saw mm. like. Like and who are you? And she's just like, I love it. Yeah. Oh, it's me. It's it's me. It's clearly Barbara. Well, you think you don't? You can't tell who someone is because you can't see like their cheekbones. Like it's her hair. It's her mouth. It's clearly Alicia. She like clearly knew that he was Bruce (gasps) Wayne. Who are you? So it's like, (laughs) yeah. And no reaction oh, when she finds yeah. out as well. She just in the back cave, Alfred like gives her this with all the information <laughs> yeah, on it. And she's like, family oh, cool. Only. cool. It get, it's getting <laughs> way too easy to find out his identity. I mean yeah. I mean, I think it's Alfred. Alfred's a little fucking snake. <laughs> like I love Alfred. And he's the connective tissue that holds all these movies together. But there's two movies in a row where he blatantly let two strangers find out the yeah. identity of Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Because what he thinks he needs a friend and he has to force him yeah. to like get along with people. He's really old, weird. Phil. There's two things going on here. He's old. One, he's, he's senile old. and shit. He's senile. 
He's one. like, okay. He doesn't one, he remember. Won't. He cool. doesn't realize that it's like he he needs he needs to keep that a secret. He forgot. He's seen him. Yeah. He, Two. He made up all these family members, <laughs> brother, niece. Yeah. You know, sister who definitely don't exist. Two. He knows he's gonna die soon. Clearly, in this yeah. moment. Because he had the famous McGregor yeah. disease. Yeah. Such a famous disease. And yeah. He need. He knows he needs like Batman needs friends. He knows. He's going to be lonely. <laughs> when he dies. Yeah. That's kind of sad when you put it like that. Yeah. God, Batman is so lazy. Like, <laughs> I do love his robe, though. I, he got that, like, hanging out, like, fucking, like, I never leave the house long robe. Yeah. And I want, it, I want one so badly. He just, like, never, he always looked like he just shouted. You know, <laughs> I get the ad. He's like just from Batman to the robe. I just love it. Yeah, he is lazy. Yeah, don't do shit in this movie. Yeah, he like, can't even. But he can't even be bothered to date his girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. He can't be bothered to go answer the door. Like the doorbell rings, and he's like sitting there looking. He's like looking at a book, and he looks up, and he's just like, and Alfred. <laughs> and Alfred's like late to go. Oh, answer sorry, the door sorry. Could like, he dying? Yeah, and he's just like, he's, it's never happened before, Alfred. And he, he throws him so much shade. What? He's like, it's okay. It's the what first time it's sound? ever happened in, uh, you know, in uh, Let's just 48 not make it, you know. billion years. Uh, Alfred, uh, you should really be answering the door. Is that your job? Yeah. What do uh, I fucking like pay job? you for, old man? <laughs> old man. <laughs> why, is, why, is Alfred's, <laughs> why is Alfred's brother also a fucking butler? <laughs> That's what I said. That's I was like, so why funny. is this like a famous family of butlers? <laughs> Does it like you go call up the butler what? store and they're just all from the same lineage? Did that, that doesn't even pay off, does it? Him looking for his brother? I feel like that doesn't pay off. Yeah, it doesn't pay off at all. It Great. was gonna be in the next it's film, just maybe. There. But this Oh, and Batman Triumphant. <laughs> oh wait, no, it would have been called Batman and Robin and Batgirl. Yeah. <laughs> just keep going Uma Thurman as Dr. Pamela Isley Poison Ivy yeah dude she has nailed it like when she when she first when she first like comes to that party and she starts talking about the environment in the gorilla costume oh no no before 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 that uh, (laughs) when she starts talking about like the environment and all that stuff she has such Greta Thornburg vibes. Like everyone is just like, she fuck does. you, fuck you. We don't <laughs> ha, care. Ha, Batman's like, people joke. are, <laughs> people come first. Fuck you, Greta Thornburg. <laughs> and it's just like, Jesus, man. Why, yeah. Like, why is the eco warrior like a villain? Yeah. That she's right. That happened a few times. She she's is right. right. Yeah. That happened, that happened in Kingsman <laughs> and that happened in Aquaman. Like why is that a thing? Why is that like, yeah. It's never the. It's not like the hero trying to save the world. I mean, there are heroes like that in comics, like Swamp Thing and yeah. Animal Man. But like in movies, it's always a motivating like thing in like the villain's journey. Mm-hmm. It's, but that's like a good thing. It's like they should help people. It's a weird thing to make fun of her. But then she turns around and just openly like dictates her plan to nobody in particular. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I love. Again. Yeah. She's playing this like so fucking like camp. It's so great. 
It's so great. Yeah. It's so funny. They're, she's leaning very hard on it. And then she come and her outfit just get more and more extravagant. Yeah, and they get crazy. better. Crazy. They're crazy with the hair and like yeah. the, the makeup and like the fucking massive gloves and the like the green little skimpy outfit and shit and everything yeah. is glittery and everything is plant themed. Although it's really lady, yeah. like when she turned into Pam into Poison Ivy, they've literally just stuck on plastic plants around her arms yeah. when she comes out of the ground. Yeah, and that was my only I've problem re- with that. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm poison. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only thing that bothered me about her character, she only started doing it toward the end, is that they only give her the kiss thing. I'm like, but she's yeah. poison ivy. She's connected to the earth, and she can use all the natural toxins that are found in plants and like pheromones, and she does. But she can like summon vines and like you know force you know the like plant growing beneath the surface like out of the ground and she can renovate any area she wants she could take over a building with her plant but yeah all she does is kiss people and blow like air like gas at them essentially yeah, yeah and yeah. only one time does she use her fucking vine to like pull up um fucking batman and he like just cut them off and then like the one plant that like comes to life eats her for some yeah. reason <laughs> yeah. even though she would she just sat in it a minute ago. She was sat in it like she two just, minutes before. But yeah. she gets up and they get punched into it and they're like clothed it and her legs just yeah. start flailing like the fucking wicked witch. Yeah. Yeah. It's very bizarre. It's like she was trying to create this like nice plant fortress for herself. That she steals from another gang. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Those guys as well. Holy shit. They're like these crazy neon people. Like they look yeah. like Darby Allen. Like. It's so weird. What does she want? What is she doing? She doesn't like shouldn't do anything. She needs like Mr. Freeze to do it. And it's like it's jealous yeah. of him as well. Like is she Yeah, his Mr. wife? Freed? Like, does she want to be in- with him? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. she actually because I figured she wasn't into anyone. That was the whole point yeah. like, that she was seducing Batman and Robin and forcing him yeah. to fight for her affection. But I thought that's what Bane was for. You know, like Exactly. <laughs> it's really just, weird. Yeah. Really He's weird. just the meat, you know, like Bane. Yeah. Um, the gorilla suit scene, holy shit! Like oh, that amazing. is iconic. It's so good. And they like start bidding for her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That suit come and it's like why a gorilla suit? Oh, like, so the hand, good. and she's like she like pouring out of it, and it's like yeah. a grand unveiling. Yeah. To Gotham and Gotham like doesn't even blink. Right? They're not even like <laughs> who the fuck is this? They're like, yeah. I'll pay $50 million for a night with Poison <laughs> Ivy. And it's like, this is clearly a supervillain. Yeah. You know? Like, supervillains only make entrances like that. You should know by now. They always come yeah, to Gotham. <laughs> like, yeah. She, like, walks on the dudes. It's so amazing. That whole sequence is I love amazing. That. So, Joel Schumacher, those fucking buff fucking Mowgli's. They all look like Mowgli from, like, Jungle the Jungle Book. Book. But they're all buff as shit. And she's just like walking on top of him. It's amazing. So good. Amazing. Again, you would never see that. Yeah. Demi Moore, Sharon Stone, and Julia Roberts, which again, uh, Schumacher disputes the latter of. Um, He's always like got a problem with one of the people that are apparently considered for the role. But yeah, Mm. they were all considered for the role apparently. But Uma Thurman was signed on after Schumacher saw her on the cover of Vanity Fair. He just liked the way she looked. And Thurman took to the role. Cool. And she was down for it because she liked the femme fatale characterization of 
Poison Ivy, and she felt that the campy and the farcical tone fit the film, and she enjoyed the creative yeah. license that she was given in regards to her character, and she credits Batman and Robin as a less less of a career killer for her and more of a first real experience with a high-budget Hollywood blockbuster because, you know, Pulp Fiction wasn't this big fucking budget film, you know? It just, like, is iconic yeah, now, movie. but it was sort of an indie movie. She needed something in between that and Kill Bill. Yeah. <laughs> is she British in this movie as well? She did, turns did, did British. Pick up that? Yeah. Yeah, she becomes really British when she becomes... And this yeah. is the least... The least amount of explanation I've ever seen for a supervillain origin story. She falls into a table of chemicals <laughs> and comes out yeah. of poison ivy. And that guy tries like, to kill her. It kind it's like, of cool. Yeah, that guy <laughs> who's like, the bad guy in like everything. <laughs> literally everything. He 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 was Lionel Luther in Smallville. He yeah. was the shitty dad in Shitnam. He just he popped up in a lot of comic book things, and I just yeah. I don't know his name, but. Keep uh, it's John Glover. He's the guy from Scrooged. John yeah. Glover. He's the guy from Scrooged. John Glover. Dr. Jason yeah. Woodrew. Yeah. Poison Ivy. So, yeah, we've mentioned. She's got Bane. Robert Swenson Bane. plays Bane. Who, who's the wrestler, right? G- he was a former wrestler. He uh, yeah. <laughs> is a former professional wrestler who went by the name Jeep Swenson, who wrestled Definitely. for world-class championship wrestling and eventually got into acting Appearing in No Holds Barred with uh, Hot Dog Man Hogan. That sounds like that got Patreon. That got Patreon written all over it. No yeah, definitely. He was also in Bulletproof with Adam Sandler and Damon Wayne. Oh, good movie. <laughs> but Phil, he eventually went back into wrestling in 1996 for WCW, where he was a part of the Four Horsemen and the Dungeon of Doom's alliance to end Hulkamania, where he was billed as... The final solution. Before no his name irony there no was changed awareness. to the ultimate solution after WCW kept getting complaints from Jewish organizations due to the fact that the final solution was the name of Adolf Hitler's plan to destroy Jewish people. And you, yeah, you think you wouldn't have to explain something like that, but here we are. Wrestling! Wrestling! Wrestling. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, Robert Swinson is among the many list of wrestlers, though, who have died prematurely, and he died actually mm. two months after this film came out at the age of 40. Oh, of shit. A heart attack. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty shitty. But good God, Bane in this film is just He's big. ridiculous. <laughs> I, Keep great. Again, the last time you could get away with doing a character like that, legit. Like just yeah. being a person, like, like Lou Ferrigno's Hulk, right? You'd never see the Hulk like that now mm. and i mean they did tom hardy bane but that's a very downplayed vein it doesn't even have the whole venom thing which is what makes bane bane yeah it's like a normal guy who gets injected with poison essentially <laughs> it's basically steroid and turned him into yeah. a fucking huge machine yeah he looked great he got the he got the mark he got the fucking vein he's like painted he green. looks insane he looked insane. insane and looked really thick and well. It's a great yeah. effect when he transitions, when he gets big and when he gets small. Like <laughs> yeah. the special effects so look weird. really cool. Yeah, Robin and Batgirl just stop the venom from flowing from his brain yeah. by disconnecting the cables and he just shrivels up like it a took raisin. That long. <laughs> it took that long for someone to figure <laughs> that out, that you just unhook the fucking plug <laughs> and he'll 
to flight. But he's really strong. Bane though. is great. <laughs> he, yeah, he, Bane is great. I wish he had a real line. But you know, yeah. I, I like him. I really find him funny. It's like just point Ivan Driver. Yeah, <laughs> the hat Gosh, and so funny. The hat and the trench coat. I love it. I should make that my profile picture. <laughs> <laughs> the last big uh, star of the film. We have Alicia Silverstone. Here we go. Barbara Wilson, aka. Batgirl. From Clueless to Batman and Robin. Not Barbara Gordon. Nope, for some reason. For some reason, who is the daughter of Commissioner Gordon, as she's usually portrayed in comics and cartoons. And I think they did that because Jim Gordon isn't a character in these movies. Yeah. He's in all four of them. He's in all I believe, of them. But he's not, he's yeah. not a character. He, he's in one scene here where he gives up he the just, key to, yeah. oh, to the Batlight. Oh, you're so light. sexy. Poison Ivy. Yeah, he's he absolutely useless. It would have been too much work yeah. to like not only establish him as the character and then do Bad Girl. It's just easier if yeah. it's Alfred American niece who shows up in like a schoolgirl outfit. Yeah, and it, who's been living in private school, Oxford. She's been in England in Oxford. They, I feel like they kept England. saying Oxbridge, and it was like a mix. They of kept saying Oxbridge, Oxford and Cambridge. Yeah. I'm Which, like, is that a joke or is that legit? Oxbridge in this movie. Yeah, like Oxbridge is used like legitimately as a, I think, to just like piece together both Oxford and Cambridge, like <laughs> university universities. Like they they use that in real life, but they're not the oh, same. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. You, they'll use it together, like, but never like this. This is like referring to the fact that she goes to a school called Oxbridge. <laughs> Which is really strange. <laughs> it doesn't so I guess matter. It was she's the player. You know, that. she's apparently smart and really, and she can yeah. fight and she can ride motorcycle. And it's just easier if it's all like that. It's already yeah. done. Everything's already done. Yeah. She was the first and only choice for the role after she blew up in Clueless. It was like Schumacher was like, yeah, yeah. we want her. So I was a very, like, I was a very big fan of this. And uh, when I was a kid, Watching it now, I'm just like, she's actually kind of bad in this movie. <laughs> she doesn't do much at all. Like, there's nothing going on. She's bad like everyone else is bad. There's nothing yeah. to do, yeah. Um, there's nothing to do. But what she's there to do, she could, but she's got that laid-back approach to it. And she's just being Alicia yeah. Coulthorne, it works. It totally works. But she's like a teenager, and she, and she shouldn't be it. in this movie, maybe. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, if they weren't going to give her a proper role, like, what's the point? You know, she does... Yeah, like very little because it's another story. toy. I don't know. Yeah, and she gets that's her like own, the whole thing. You know, yeah. you know what? It is cool though when she gets um, she finally gets to ride with the dynamic duo, and she gets her own bike, and she gets her own bat helmet. <laughs> Even Robin doesn't yeah. get that. It's really fucking yeah. cool. I was like, oh shit! Yeah. Like she looked like actual Batgirl, like that with yeah. the with the cow, and then she and throws that. it off immediately. Um, yeah. She thought, yeah, doesn't need it. I mean, what even is that that they're riding at the end? They're like giant ice skates. I don't even know. They're like snowmobiles. <laughs> what are they? Yeah, John, know. what are they? More toys. I don't know what's happening. More toys. Do you have that already? They're Did more you make toys. Them? More toys. More toys. More toys. <laughs> oh, there's so much bullshit in this film. It's great. This this was really yeah. unfortunate though, because like I didn't know this about this film, and I feel really horrible. You said something about like earlier about it not really ruining people's careers and stuff, but this. It was really horrible. Okay, so Alicia Silverstone was the victim of body shaming in the press and got a lot of grief even from the production office. Yeah. She was brought on basically to attract a younger female audience to the franchise and 
She was still only a teenager at the time. And even prior to the film, she was criticized at the Oscars in 1996 with people calling her more babe than a babe, uh, which is gross. She's oh like my young. God. That's <laughs> like 17 yeah, that's or 18. Gross that we never learn. Don't talk about people like that. That's horrible. And her spokesperson issued a statement saying that she was working and training really hard for the role and stuff. So there was concerns about her like being too fat for the role of Batgirl. She even became a joke in the production office when rumors circulated that she had gained weight and there was trouble during costume fittings. And the storyboard artist, what was his name? I didn't have his first name for some reason, but his surname is uh, Burgard. He drew a cartoon of Batgirl being fit into a corset after hearing these rumors, and he did it as a as a movie poster with the title "Clueless 2: The Casting of Batgirl." And he showed it around the art department, oh. and people start making copies of it, and the joke got around the whole entire office. Eventually, the costume designer saw it and had a fit and starts screaming and shouting at the art department, saying, "She is trying so hard!" <laughs> like. That's so fucking horrible. Up, man. Yeah, yeah, fuck those people. What the fuck? That's it's crazy. Awful. I never saw it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, Yeah, of course. Know. Nobody else saw it. Um, that's horrible. I, I, that's like to hear that she had like a, such a shitty time like that. Could, again, yeah. she's great in the movie as much as she can be. She's like a perfect background yeah. for the time. Exactly what they wanted. And yet they just shit on her. That's just ridiculous. Because she definitely helped, if anything, bring in an audience for that movie yeah definitely bike race scene oh my god yes. Yes. yeah yeah <laughs> so bad girl she's been sneaking out you don't even know what she's doing and then robin catches yeah. her sneaking out with her and they do an epic she's been like drag racing essentially mm-hmm. for not even for, i don't even know for what for pink clip and it's just great it's like it put fast and furious to shame this scene it's like a Mario Kart <laughs> level come to life. It's like it's bridges really, and explosions really and trash cans and yeah. wires and again, like 90 uh, gangs. But the guy controlling it all, the boy, Coolio. We said it last week. We said it last week. We said it. If Coolio's the there, up. you're having a good time. You're having a good time. And I was. And Coolio and was. was there at the bite scene. We were having a good time. And he shoots a real gun. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. start the race and i was like damn can you can you allow me to uh blow your mind a little bit uh, yeah please do do you know who coolio was meant to be <gasps> well he was meant to play someone else oh well wait he was meant to be a character he was actually playing a character who would have come back in the next film had this film not been so shit <laughs> oh my god uh it, a comic book character yeah Oh, um, another Robin? No. He was playing Jonathan Crane, a.k.a. Scarecrow? No. Yeah. Fucking way. I had no idea about this, but like apparently he was playing Jonathan Crane. I don't know if they say Jonathan in the film at all. Like, when Yo, Crane. he's there. That would be great. <laughs> or Crane or anything. I'm not sure. I have no idea, but. Apparently he was meant to be Jonathan Crane. What the fuck? Now I now I want a, a another Batman movie where Coolio is the bad guy and he plays Scarecrow. <laughs> yeah. That's what they should have done yeah. for the reboot. Uh, oh man, I mean they kind of did. 
but not with Coolio. Yeah, not with Coolio. Uh, Joel Schumacher said that it was his goal with Silverstone's Barbara was to make her more than just this little blonde girl in a boarding school costume. So she would have a secret <laughs> life and she and Robin would have more in common and they would be competitive with each other. Then I thought, why not do a set piece and make it fun for the audience? We Then we made up groups. I think there was a Clockwork Orange group and there was British yeah. dandies and powdered wigs. There they are. There were all these kinds of groups and they it's all like had the their Warriors. own identities. So that was the whole the whole idea. Yeah, this is literally pre-Space Jam. Like you had this. Warner Brothers, though, just, they fucking love throwing they their love Clockwork it. Orange around. Really proud yeah, of that property, crazy. aren't they? Mm. Really weird. Yeah. Only Kubrick thing that you can like bank on. Yeah. yeah. Just the Clockwork Orange guys, which are like some of the most horrible characters. <laughs> Why are you In latching fiction. onto them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're horrible. No, the great thing. No. It's so rapey. Um, but yeah, <laughs> what's up with that weird little kid screaming as well? It's like, it reminds me of like. I thought it was the Kid Rock. Like Mad Max uh, or something. He's just like. <laughs> Le Josie. Yeah, Josie yeah. Like screaming, like, yeah. I mean, if you want to make it even you want to make it that piece creepy, have a child in there. And you'd be like, oh man, <laughs> yeah. this, this, this is like real underground yeah. hardcore. There's no one else on the road. There's no police. They do it. <laughs> Gotham is one of those places where like gangs completely rule the street at night, which makes you wonder what the <laughs> fuck is Batman doing? Uh let's round out the cast here. We have of course, we had Michael Go again as Alfred Pennyworth. I yeah, mean, he great. gets the yeah. most he's ever had in any film in this film, really, with his whole story of dying, which is great. Like, mm, it's a nice, it. like you've already mentioned, it's a nice, sweet little storyline. Really, actually, really well done. Pat Hingle again as Commissioner Gordon, we've already mentioned. We had Elle McPherson as Julie Madison, who was just like yeah. ran the random Bruce Wayne girlfriend in this film. Really cool cameo here. Vivica A. Fox is Miss B. Haven. <laughs> Miss B. Haven. Yeah, is Mr. Freeze's like like <laughs> random side chick, like his random Who trying to hit on him? Like why did he even have her then? Yeah, she's like really into him. What is she what is her purpose besides just being like slightly reminiscent of the fact that she's sort of like uh what, what were they like sugar and spice or something like that from uh the oh previous my god film? like we had drew yeah, barrymore drew barrymore <laughs> Christ. yeah yeah just a really random stupid. character and then we also had the cameo of uh jesse the body ventura as one of the guards at arkham yeah. yeah so there's your wrestling another wrestling reference for you uh but he was also famously friends with um with Arnie. Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's the Brutus Beefcake to Arnie Hulkhogan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why not? They are both politicians. So there, hey. there you go. And I bet Jesse the Body Ventura was just like, yeah, well, you know, Arnie, he might have been very famous and stuff, but you know, hey, you know, and Arnie, if he ran for president, he probably could win. But you know, the thing is. I'm actually an American, goddammit, and I actually could run for president, unlike Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's Austrian, and he can't run for president. So, hey, yeah, you go ahead and be your Hulk Hogan, Arnie. That's fine. Write that down. That's fine. <laughs> That's a really good Jesse Conspir- Ventura. Conspiracy theory. Conspiracy, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. What was this show called? His conspiracy show? I think it's literally <laughs> called Conspiracy Theory with, Je- with Justin Ventura. <laughs> uh, 
Filming began in September 1996 and finished two weeks ahead of schedule in January of 1997. Fucking George Clooney pissing in his suit, man. It really helped speed things up, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) That's funny. According to John Glover, who played Dr. Jason Woodrew, Joel Schumacher would sit on a crane with a megaphone and he would just yell before each take, remember everyone, this is a cartoon. He said it was really hard to act because that kind of set the tone for the film. <laughs> but they're making a cartoon, and I love that Joel Schumacher knew what yeah. he was doing and was doing it yeah, well. Definitely, rhythm and hues and data uh, and Pacific data images created the visual effects sequences. With them creating some of the first ever computer generated generated stuntmen on screen. They look okay. Maybe even the possibly bar. the first. Yeah. Yeah, like it's an early digital double. Yeah. This is like particularly in the action scenes where Batman and Robin like are doing things they can never do. Like when they're flying out of the rockets, surfing on the doors. (laughs) I love that. All right. Let's get into the soundtrack. All right. We had like Batman forever. The original score was done by Elliot Goldenthal. It's man. I know like he got some shit in the last film and stuff and people were like, upset with his score compared to like Danny Elfman from the first two Batman films with Tim Burton but mm-hmm. it hits really hard man when he like I like I like when, the score in the opening scene yeah when the opening scene and it like reveals the fucking Batmobile and stuff like it's mm-hmm. just like that yeah. theme I really like that theme it's just like yeah here yeah. we go we're ready this is Batman it feels like Batman he gets the, the campiness right man uh, the soundtrack mm-hmm. featured a variety of genres by various bands and performers showcasing alternative rock <laughs> and on the lead single, uh, we had The End is the Beginning is the End by the Smashing Pumpkins, yeah. <laughs> which almost didn't happen because Billy Corgan wasn't so sure about writing a song for a big popcorn movie, but he did it anyway. Did it anyway. I'd be... Honored. You'd be honored, yeah. For a song of mine, I'd be honored. Yeah. For any song I write to put to be on a Batman movie. Yeah. What's what's wrong with these fucking like all like assholes like Radiohead last week? Yeah. What's wrong with them? fucking put your fucking song in a movie? You're like, like stop being a pretentious like little prick. You know, it's like who cares? MTV's killed everything already. Like who cares? Yeah. Like just there was no it. integrity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> make some money, goddammit. Like, Spotify's not going to pay you anything, so, like, make some money while you can. So, the other big single was... All right. I was, uh, here we like go. I said, I was waiting. I knew there was something, and I couldn't remember what it was, and it happened sort of, like, last time. Credits came on. I was like... R. Kelly's Gotham City. Gotham City. <laughs> I forgot about this song, too. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh shit. yeah, oh man!" I had that single on cassette. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> I remembered it. I remember having that single. I was like, "Oh, Gotham City." Oh man, it's no kids from a road. It's I'll not. Die. It is not at it's all. Not. All right. Not. So Julia came in while I was watching the film. She came in at the end of the film, and I was waiting for the song to come out just like I did last time I was just like mm. oh there's gonna be a song it's gonna be it's probably gonna be after the Smashing Pumpkin song but there is a song and I'm trying to remember what it is and then as soon 
is the first beat hit. I was like, oh, I remember it's Gotham City by R. Kelly. Holy shit. I was just trying to remember uh, so badly what the song sounded like. And then Julia said, she no, she called it Streets of Gotham. <laughs> ah, that's funny. <laughs> because it sounded like Streets of Philadelphia by Bruce Springsteen. And it does. It does. It does. Streets of Gotham. Oh, my uh, God. It sounds like assault. It sounds like <laughs> It sounds like act. assault. <laughs> Like he's a Batman villain, R. Kelly. Yeah, God, definitely. But like a really weird one. There's piss involved in. Well, exactly. There's piss. There's capturing people. Is there any capturing people in this? That young women that kidnap. I mean, he kidnaps scientists at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, they're annoying as fuck. Oh my God, those two. Those two are so yeah. annoying. Holy shit. It's one of those uh, days. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't he say that? <laughs> right before it's he's so about sorry. to die, he's like, it's one of those yeah. days. If that's what you would think, if a crane was like about to hit you, if yeah. that's what, is that what you would say? That's the last thing you'd say. It's one yeah. of those days. I want um, that on my gravestone. You know? <laughs> it's one of those days. Batman and Robin was released in June of 1997, so they made their date, earning over $42 million in its opening weekend, but saw (laughs) a big decline in its second week of about 60 to 70%, and it only earned $107.3 million in North America and $130.9 million internationally for a worldwide total of $238.2 million on a $160 million budget. This was seen as a big flop, obviously because of Hollywood accounting and also because Mm. it was the lowest any Batman film had made to this point and also because Warner Brothers had spent $125 million extra, not including the budget, to market and promote the film. Of course. (laughs) Yeah, I bet word of mouth hurt this one. (laughs) Yeah. Taco Bell also ran a campaign including collectible cups and a contest with a replica of Batmobile as the grand prize. Dude, I remember that vividly. I remember I going to Taco Bell. You trying to get the Batmobile? Yeah, if you pulled off and you found Bruce Wayne, you could win a prize. And um, oh, so the top cool. grand prize was the Batmobile. <laughs> I missed those like, Happy Meal deal. And like, those were so cool. Mm. I thought this happened on... With the last film, so I wanted to talk about this last time we talked about Batman Forever, but it actually was this film. So there was an episode of the Drew Carey show where Drew Carey went to Taco Bell and he won the Batmobile. (laughs) Really? That was an episode? (laughs) And he's just driving around. He's driving around Cleveland in the Batmobile. It's fucking great. So that's all the cross. Is it the Batmobile from that one? Yeah, from yeah, Batman yeah. It was for Batman cool. and Robin. I think it was just like cool. some dumbass crossover sort of bullshit. Like, That's cool. The film was met with a lot of negativity from audiences and critics. <laughs> Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times criticized the toyetic approach and Mr. Freeze's one-liner jokes in his thumbs-down review of the film. Kenneth Turan of the Los Angeles Times believed that the film killed the Batman film series. Dessen Ho of the Washington Post disproved of Schumacher's direction and Akiva Gold's, Goldman's script, as well as the returning costume design from the first film, uh, The Batnaps. And <laughs> the Bat-Naps. Nick LaSalle, uh, writing in the San Francisco Chronicle, said that George Clooney is 
the big zero of the film and should go, do- go down in history as the George Lazenby of the series. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> God damn. That's Dude, harsh. People love Lazenby. Some people love Lazenby. Though, yeah. So whatever. Exactly. And if, and if anyone, it's Kilmer. If anyone, it's the Lazenby, it's the Kilmer. I mean, all those critics yeah. are right, but they're wrong as well. <laughs> yeah. It's weird how you can be so right, but so wrong at the same time. Uh, yeah. Uma Thurman got some pretty, she was pretty much the only person that got some decent reviews for her portrayal of Poison Ivy. I think people were just well into her, really? like, the, what she did with the film. Like, it's kind of strange. Like, I don't know. But she kind of bad in it. Everyone kind of bad yeah. in it. I don't think she, like, that's weird. I think she's on the same wavelength as everyone else. Yeah. She was, I don't know. She was operating on this, like, weird, I'm making, like, a 50s femme fatale, you know, movie where everybody yeah, else yeah. was, like, lost in a toy commercial. <laughs> I don't know. Fair enough. Yeah, uh, fair enough. Joel Schumacher, like you said, he did take responsibility for the film's failure. Not the cast and the crew. He said, I didn't do a good job. George Clooney did. Chris O'Donnell did. Uma Thurman did. Uh, Uma Thurman is brilliant in it. Uh, mm. Arnold Schwarzenegger was Arnold Schwarzenegger, he said. Yeah. But the film was the first Batman movie in the 90s series to not have any Oscar nominations. And it was, you know, most of them had been at least nominated for like special effects or sound design or whatever. Um, but it didn't get nominated for anything. And that's fine, though, because it did get nominated for 11 Razzie Awards. Oh, Good God. Here we go. God damn. I bet swept. That year. It actually only won one. It only won one. What else came out this year that would work? That would have been worse than Batman and Robin. The Postman. The Postman. With Kevin Kevin Costner. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. He tried so hard. Kevin Costner's The Postman uh, came out that year. Yeah. Yeah. He he cleaned up Best Picture. (laughs) uh, Sorry. Worst Picture. Worst worst Actor. Uh, Demi Moore won the uh, Worst Actress Award. Dennis Rodman and Double Team won Worst Supporting Actor over Arnold Schwarzenegger. Alicia Um, Silverstone, though, she did win for Worst Supporting Actress. She's the one that won? Are you kidding me? Yeah, she is the only one that won. (laughs) Ready to full of shit. (laughs) Yeah. But there was a special award for all the films that came out in that year, uh, <laughs> called the worst reckless disregard for human life and public property, which Batman and Robin was not the winner of, but it was alongside other films such as The Lost World, Jurassic Park, Turbulence, Volcano, and the winner of that award, Con Air. <laughs> of course, <laughs> yeah. that's funny. So, yeah, if not for the universally negative reaction to the film. Two sequels were actually planned. You had Batman Unchained, a direct sequel. It would have featured George Clooney and Chris O'Donnell reprising their roles. Although there were no plans for Alicia Silverstone to return. Coolio, as I said, was meant to be the scarecrow in the film alongside Harley Quinn. And they would have been the main villains. I'm not sure who would have played Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. Interesting. Without the Joker as well. Yeah, the idea was that there was going to be cameos from all these past villains in the series appearing as hallucinations due to the Scarecrow's fear gas. I actually weirdly read about that the other day because, yeah, we're showing the Nolan's uh, Batman series, the Dark Knight trilogy, 
separately at the Prince Charles Cinema coming up. So look at that, princecharlescinema.com. But uh, yeah, so when The Dark Knight was being made and they were saying that like Joker was going to be Heath Ledger, not only was like the entire internet pissed off that he was going to be like Heath, like Ledger, they like Heath Ledger was going to be Joker. Uh, I, I would like to say that I thought it was going to be a great idea because I loved him. Because you're not an idiot. <laughs> yeah. I loved him in uh, the Lords of Dogtown film. I thought he was fucking amazing. I was just like, dude, yeah. he'd be really good. He's, he'd be really mm-hmm. good. But um, I guess no one saw that film. Uh, but yeah, anyway, another person that was really angry about his casting was Jack Nicholson. Cause Jack Nicholson was like, no one even talked to me about like doing this. No one even asked me or anything. No one talked to me or anything. Cool. Did you think we'd bring you back? Yeah. What the like fuck? 70. You're old as shit. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Come on, man. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is, uh, old this, shit. this came up. He was supposed to be in this, like, this next film as a hallucination in Scarecrow's fear gas. So he was That's a great come idea. Back. Yeah. Um, the film was going to take the film back to its darker roots as well. And the <laughs> other film that was planned was a Robin and Nightwing spinoff Ooh. with Chris O'Donnell playing Dick Grayson slash Robin slash Nightwing. Nightwing. Him becoming Nightwing. Yeah. <sighs> I'm in a Robin. Robin Robin. We did it. We did it. We did it. Did it. I mean, you know, this film's all right. It's, it's like fun, right? It's fun, I mean, man. Yeah. It's, it's way more think... fun than the last one, to be honest. Yeah. I just wish I... it had a kiss from a rose in it and it would be perfect, to be honest. It, then it would literally be perfect. Yeah, I don't yeah. even think I don't think it I don't think Joel Schumacher did a bad job. I think the Warner brother did a bad job by fast tracking this fucking movie and giving <laughs> yeah. him no time and then turning around and being mad at him. Yeah. With they're they like, wanted oh, it to be in a toy you, commercial. You, you, you wanted a fucking toy commercial. That's what I gave you. And then people yeah. shat on it. Obviously it, it's yeah. just, it's frustrating. It's not, it's obviously exactly what it was meant to be. It's not like a movie that failed in trying to be a dark Babbitt movie. It's a toy commercial through and through. It's satirical. It's very self-aware. It's very stupid, but it's playful and it's funny and it's yeah. I'm nostalgic for it and I've come round on it. So I'm a little softer on the movie. Obviously, it wouldn't be my favorite Batman movie. Yeah, but I think that I I think that the place for it, um, mm. for sure. And it's just funny. I find it funny when I watch it. I sit down. I treat it like a comedy. I enjoy it. I genuinely enjoy it. And I can't help that. Um, it's a hard one to recommend, I guess, especially if you've never seen it. It's an easy yeah. movie to shit on. So that's why I'm not shitting on it. Because I did enjoy it. Now having yeah. seen those two in recent memory back to back, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, I, I prefer Batman and Robin. I think it's the better, I genuinely think it's the better movie could it whole ass one thing. Instead of half hot, the campy movie and the <laughs> yeah. dark movie. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, definitely. I think it's just crazy, and I just like seeing movies like that. The you know the kind of comic book movie you'd never see now, and maybe that's for the best. But there's something to it. It's, maybe it's just it's the perfect flight of nine nine seven, and it's everything wrong with Hollywood. But I kind of <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, kind of love it. God, man. 96, 97. What a weird time. Like, what ugh. a year. What a weird, weird period of time. 
anyway, that's it. I don't know. Like, I had fun with this, and I'm glad that we just have fun. Screw it. Like, you know, it's two years. It's a fun movie. Years. I was looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah. Two years of Two years of podcast. Been having fun. Uh, it's been a it's blast a doing this with you, yeah. Phil, and with Ariane. Yeah. Shout outs to Ariane, who was on last week. Mm-hmm. Um, she get her own more often again, you know, like it's fun. Yeah, but you'd love that. The old crew. <laughs> <laughs> it's the dynamic duo. Yeah, it's Batman and Robin, bro. Remember what it was like, you know, in that first year, you know. That- I I remember, yeah, the golden year. The gold, the golden year. Um, you know, <laughs> the golden yeah. Age this of is the like podcast. the. This is like the bronze year. Yeah. <laughs> Phil, we're getting close to work starting up again. A couple weeks. Yeah. Getting scary. Getting real again. Got anything going on before? No. I have nothing. Move nothing. on. <laughs> no, I have something I'm trying. I'm gonna I'm trying squeeze in the last two weeks. Nice. Um, but I won't pay and in case I don't it doesn't happen. Um so yeah, I'm trying to nice. enjoy the last bit of freedom, I guess. Mm-hmm. Bit of freedom. Yeah. Until two weeks. Two weeks. Getting real. It's getting real. Yeah, man. Getting real. I miss the cinema so much, though. So I'm very yeah. happy it's happening. Yeah, yeah. Turned around to get on that. Well, next week, ladies and gentlemen, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, the next episode, we're going to release a day early on Tuesday instead of Wednesday because next week... Ooh, it's going to be... What's happening? May the 4th be with you? Um, Oh, yeah. You know what that means. Are they going to do it? Are they going to do it? They're going to do it. We're going to do it. They're probably going to do it. We did the... Yeah, we got a thing. We did it last year. Maybe we'll do it again. (laughs) Maybe we'll do it. May the 4th... It's a Star Wars and Star Wars thing. I don't know, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> 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 <laughs>